and welcome to another session of Red Talks. My name is Kira Clark. I'm the director at Red Sea Ireland. And I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Rich Barton, managing director of Red Sea UK. What we want to focus on today is segmentation. We're going to chat about that in more detail. We're going to chat about the rationale behind it, the benefits and the approaches that can be used. So hi, Rich, it's great to be speaking to you today. Let's dive straight into it. You know, you have a huge amount of experience doing segmentation. You've done it domestically, you've done it on a global level. But if we start at the beginning, you know, if you're trying to explain the very basics of segmentation, can you tell me what is it? You know, what does a good segmentation model look like? Hi, Kira. Really lovely to be here with you. Um, well, segmentation, I guess, at its uh, most basic is really just a way in which we um, seek to identify tribes or subgroups within a population who behave in similar ways um, and can therefore potentially be marketed to or propositions can be built for um, uh, that would resonate with each one of those. Um, uh, that allows our clients to kind of really focus their attentions on um, perhaps subgroups in the population which which offer the most opportunity for them, and that's that's the rationale for taking for creating a segmentation in the first place. Um, it's always interesting when clients come to us with a kind of a segmentation brief. Uh, we we often have to kind of challenge them and push back and really kind of sense check whether a full segmentation is the right solution for them because um, these are significant pieces of insight, both from an investment perspective, but also from the amount of time involved. Um, clients uh, do need to work collaboratively with us. Um, there's a lot of engagement work that's required, both at the outset um, um, in terms of kind of stakeholder engagement um, and also um, then embedding these segments within a business. Um, so there are some challenges around them. Um, and I suppose all the experience that we've got here at Red Sea in creating these sorts of projects um, it is really valuable in helping our clients navigate their way through those challenges. I suppose, why is it important? You kind of touched on, already, on it already. It's about focusing. You know, what can a client stand to benefit from segmenting their market as opposed to mass marketing, you know, uh, that marketing approach to everybody? Sure. So um, I think we all realise that marketing budgets are under pressure and need to demonstrate the return on investment. And, um, and a segmentation allows you to do that. So we're able to identify subgroups, tribes, if you like, within a population, which offer the most opportunity. It's as simple as that. Um, and if you're building a strategy out uh, for kind of a short term kind of gains in terms of sales or uh, increased subscribers, for instance, um, uh, then looking at the medium term and then ultimately looking at the long term. Um, and, and that segmentation allows you to kind of build that strategy strategy around those those like three timeframes. And I think that's why that makes it so valuable. I mean, typically, um, a typical solution might be that we produce really be six segments um, in a typical market, can be as high as eight, but typically six seems to work quite nicely ordinarily. Um, and I suppose we would normally identify maybe two of those segments, which are your kind of low hanging fruit, uh, your warm prospects, the ones that really offer the most opportunity um, for the business to focus on initially. Um, and then those other segments, it's not to say that they're not important, but they perhaps form the medium term or longer term, um, uh, longer term uh, kind of challenges for the business. And we know from experience that deciding on the best way to segment a marketplace can vary so greatly. So, for example, segmenting a passenger that's going to the airport based on their demographic makeup can be very challenging. You know, their needs can vary depending more on the type of trip they're taking. You know, do they need a paper and a coffee because they're on a business trip? Are they trying to feed the family after, you know, a year, a year and a half of COVID? They're going on their big summer trip. So can you talk about the different approaches that can be used to try and segment the market? 
Sure. I mean, I think the, the important thing is that we don't approach this in a kind of black box kind of way. Um, it's really important to, to work with the client, um, help them to understand the different approaches and then figure out the one that works best for them. Um, so, I mean, for instance, it could be an attitudinal segmentation. It's quite traditional, but it works really nicely and it's kind of very tried and tested. Um, behavioral segmentations work really nicely if you are uh, uh, particularly if you have a database already. Um, I've worked with a client who um, was able to come to us and say, we've actually run our own segmentation on this database. We know based on tenure, based on spend, based on frequency, we understand that there are groups within this uh, within the data that behave in similar ways, but we know literally nothing about them. Um, could you bring them to life? Can you add those attitudes as an overlay? Um, and that that was a, a kind of reverse segmentation, but it worked really beautifully as well. Um, and of course, it was able to be mapped directly back to the database, which is hugely valuable. Um, there are other ways which are maybe a little bit more niche. Um, we've done a really nice project uh, where we were looking at purchase journeys uh, within a particular universe and understanding that. Um, and and in, and in fact, the project didn't start out like this, but it we ended up creating a segmentation based on different routes to market. Um, and the foundation of that segmentation was actually MaxDiff. So there we're looking at what's most important to some segments, what's less important. Um, so there's a variety of ways and we don't come with any kind of preformed view. Um, and typically our surveys are designed so that we have flexibility. So we might have an attitudinal battery, but if that attitudinal battery works better, um, when it's integrated with some behavioural metrics, um, then we'll do that for you as well. Yeah, you really hit the nail on the head there, which, you know, it's important for clients to understand that we don't go into this with preconceived notions as to the best approach. You know, it's really only after we look at our modeling output, we bring this to the client, we say, OK, here are your options attitudinally, behaviourally, using Max Diff demographically based, here are the benefits and drawbacks of each, and what do we think makes, makes most sense for the business? You know, it really goes back to that partnership and collaboration you spoke about, that we, we, we work through this together. You don't start a segmentation with a, a very direct approach in mind. You have to be flexible and see what the modeling actually comes out with, and then work together with the client to really understand what is best for the business. Now, what we've seen before that after doing our, our analysis, we could have a large number of segments. You know, in some instances, you could end up as, with as many as, as 10. It's just very difficult. It's a lot for any client to manage. It's not very digestible, particularly when you think about the campaigns that they need to build, product targeting, things like that. Can you talk to me about how we can help clients understand what targets what segments should be a key priority for the business as opposed to focusing on what has maybe arrived at, at an eight, nine, 10 segmentation model. Absolutely. Well, it's really crucial. I think um, whenever deciding which segment uh, segment um, option yeah, works for the business is that they're kind of intuitive. Do they make sense? Um, typically uh, our stats team will come back to us with a kind of five, six, seven, eight, nine, more sometimes. Um, and these are all statistically valid segmentations. They are kind of true statistically, but they need to stack up when, uh, and they need to kind of relate to people that really exist out there. So ideally you wanna be in a, in a situation where segment one actually does remind you of your mum, and segment three really does remind you of your little brother. Um, and, and that's something that we're really, really careful with. So these, these segments, they really have to be intuitive. Um, they also need to be kind of, uh, you need to be able to kind of replicate them within the market. So um, we do that through our golden questions. Um, 
And that, that tends to be a cut down version of the questionnaire, which then can be rolled out and make sure that this, these surveys and these segments can be used in future research. Um, so that's really valuable too. And I suppose very often what we end up with is we know these segments, but actually we understand that these two or three are most valuable to our business. It's about targeting the long tail amongst these segments in order to drive that growth for the business. And that's our area of expertise. I suppose that's where we come in and help our clients focus on these are the key targets, our key segments that you need to focus on to ensure that short and long term growth. Absolutely. So. So we've done all this work and, and we have significant buy-in, obviously, from our, our direct clients because they've put so much time and effort into arriving at our segmentation model. But what about the rest of the business? So how do we take that segmentation and now ensure that the company is bought in and ensure these segments are brought to life, they're integral to, to wider stakeholder thinking? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that is absolutely crucial to get the value from these segmentation studies. Um, it's really important that they get, they're embedded. Um, I suppose... At the very start, we would always run a kind of a, a really thorough immersion session. And it's really great at that point to get some senior stakeholder buy-in um, because it is a big investment often. Um, uh, and it's important at that stage that they understand what this is going to deliver, how it's going to be used. And there's a plan for what this segmentation is going to do, because I think that that really forms the, the kind of, um, I guess, the kind of playbook for then how we roll this out into, uh, into the business more widely. So once you've got them on board, once they understand what we're going to deliver and that we're all aligned, uh, we, we go away, we create it. Um, and then you get to the, the, the great part where we introduce these segments. Um, uh, and I guess um, those, that can be done typically with the insight department initially. Uh, we'll take them through uh, pen portraits. We also always do a kind of storytelling um, kind of elevator pitch for each one of those segments. So it might only be kind of three paragraphs, short paragraphs. Um, but if you had a kind of a, a couple of minutes in the elevator with the CEO, you'd be able to tell them what segment one is about, what drives them, what their motivations are, how important they are to the business. So we'll we'll create all of that in uh, really great stuff, in, typically in PowerPoint, um, share it with the teams. And at that point, um, we, we tend to like to work collaboratively at that point in terms of what we're gonna call these segments. Um, so one instance, uh, we ran a whole series of workshops with a really big client team. Uh, there were marketeers there, there were product development teams as well. I think there were around 30 in total. Um, we spent the morning um, showcasing our six segments to them. Um, and then they, had, uh, they broke out into separate um, separate kind of working groups uh, each took a segment and came up with ideas for what they wanted to call them and then they presented back to the group so everyone was really involved um, and they're obviously then bringing their own kind of company culture into the naming um, but I, I think probably the same the segmentations that you've worked on you'll have similar experiences that getting the name right is always a challenge uh, we typically have a kind of working title that we're working through um, and until we've Got until we get to a point where we're absolutely happy, um, but it tends to be quite collaborative. Um, and I suppose at that point, um, they've got this great deck, but it's not kind of um, hasn't brought the the. They've never actually met these segments, and there's the. And I think that's where qual is a really lovely add-on. Um, so whether that's focus groups or whether it's uh, depth interviews with representatives from different segments, might even be a community. Um, our quality teams uh, are really adept at bringing um, segments to life. Um, and of course, then you get some really, you, not only do clients, uh, they're able to sit in on those sessions, but we're also able to develop kind of really lovely video outputs. 
Um, uh, and, and finally, uh, I guess our graphics teams are come, come in there as well. So um, whether you need infographics to kind of make sure there's longevity, whether we're building microsites um, to bring these segments to life, all of these things are possible. Um, um, and they all kind of form part of a kind of tapestry which allows you to embed these segments within the business and really get value from them. And I think when you get to a stage with, with clients and, and wider stakeholders where they can identify with the segments because they've really sort of thrown themselves in, into it, they understand them, they've become enlivened, they understand who they are as a segment, their mom, as you mentioned earlier, or their brother or their child, or, you know, it's really about that, you know, intuitive, easy to replicate you can understand who this person is, what makes them tick, because you understand them, you know who you are as a segment, and you can just see them, you can see them walking down the street. Um, yeah, I have to say, I do agree with you, Rich, you know, in my experience, one of the most challenging aspects of segmentation, even after you've done all the statistics, you've gone through the analysis, you've done the modeling, it's naming the segments because they once they're named, that's you know that that they become this person and they essentially become this persona. So it is a really important aspect of it. So it's great to see that we can bring the stakeholders on board and that it's not just down to the research company because obviously those stakeholders have so much insight into to their consumers and what makes them tick as well. So it's really good to see that again going back to that collaboration at the heart of segmentation. So look, at thank you so much, Rich. This, this was hugely insightful. We hope you, the audience, came away from this with a better understanding of segmentation. And if you haven't yet approached segmentation or maybe you feel it's time for a refresh, please be sure to contact us at Red Sea. Thank you for watching.